Hey, what's up, family? It's Josh here. I'm just playing around with these sound effects here. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Still Searching Podcast. Back for 2020. And I just want to thank everybody that has been listening. Uh sending me messages of support and even some are like, what are you doing, bro? So I just thank you guys all for um, listening and enjoying these stories and getting touched in some way, or or even if it's provoking any type of reaction, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm happy real quick. Make sure you guys subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Wherever you get your podcast, it's available. Uh, I just want to also say that these views are my own. I talk a lot about my dad and growing up in church, but these are my own views. Don't <laughs> If you think I'm crazy and whacked out, then think I'm crazy and whacked out, not my family or anything like that. So that's fine. Just you got issue. Take it up with me. I always say, you want to talk about it? Let's sit down over a beer and let's talk about it. Usually we'll diffuse the situation and let you know right where I'm coming from when I say that. So thank you guys again. Going to be a lot of stories coming in 2020. Going to bring them to you and um, just open the door and let everybody just come and sit down in, in this trap house and make it happen. Today... We have a very special guest, and uh, it's my cousin, Renee, who reached out to me, and I'm so glad he did, because he has an incredible story. Um, growing up gay in a religious Hispanic home, and, and the dynamics of all of that, and attempting suicide, and ultimately finding love and peace and, and acceptance through all of that. So uh, tune in. It's a great conversation. It gets pretty heavy. It gets pretty deep. And there's a lot of name dropping here. And we talk about our uh, departed grandmother and uh, some things that are said that, you know, makes you really, really look back at, you know, your, your childhood and your family and makes you wonder, you know, where our grandparents are coming from or and and you know, those that came before us and just the mindset they were in back then and their backgrounds and why they did the things that they do. So, um, I know it's probably gonna be a lot of family listening. We love you guys. And, um, hope you guys enjoyed this story, this uh, episode with, uh, my cousin Renee Rodriguez. And we're rolling. All right. We are in the back again. I got a very special guest. I got my very own cousin Renee in the Matrix Turtle Trap House. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, been listening for a while, so it's it's cool to be back here now. Thank you so much, man. So you hit me up mm-hmm. and you uh said I want to come on. 
I want to tell my story. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Let me crack open this beer. Yeah, this is really good, by the way. Um, I, and we talked about it a little bit, um, you know, before we sat down. Um, I think mainly because, I mean, I grew up in, I didn't, I don't want to say I grew up in the church, but I kind of grew up uh, in not that. as in depth as you did. But there was a while that we were a part of it. Um, and seeing that, you know, you're your dad's son and um, you have this like huge platform. Um, you know, just thinking that. I don't see it as a huge platform, by the way. You I know? mean, I kind of do, though. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you know, like, I'm sure you know how, like, popular your dad is. Like, a lot of people know him. Um, when I was working for the city attorney's office for a while, um, yeah, uh, one of my friends reached, uh, I mean, your dad reached out to me. Um, I guess he had a victim of crime or something like that. Mm. So, um, Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember that. There was like a gang shooting or something like that. No, when he got assaulted. That's right. Yeah, your pops did. So I reached out and I, I, you know, uh, back to one of my old coworkers and connected her, connected your dad to one of my friends who's now uh, the assistant director for the program. And, um, you know, so your dad's really connected to her now. And like whenever something's happening, he reaches out to her. But she says whenever your your dad calls that everyone gets excited in the office, like, (laughs) oh, like, let me handle Pastor Rudy's case. Like, I want to take care of it. Oh, wow. So seeing that your dad is who he is and how influential he is in the in the community and you being his son and um my experience with all of that i just thought um if if i could you know just open someone's eyes um Mm -hmm. then it would be worth it yeah as tough as it is to like i guess talk about sometimes but yeah no for sure i mean it, it's funny you say that because like I said, I don't feel like I feel like I'm living my own life. Right. And for many of my years, not that I wanted to distance myself from my dad or anything. It just, I kind of wanted to distance myself from, I don't know, I guess that life or that perception of, you know, what that life is supposed to mean for certain people. I don't know, you know? And kind of like what you were, we were talking about before we started, you were like, you were telling the story of you were going to go get baptized or we'll say yeah, it again. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we went to the beach and it was, I, I guess I was getting baptized or. When, how old were you when this happened? I'm going to say it was like, God, maybe like 14, 15. Hmm. Maybe even younger. How old are you when you're like in the eighth grade? Um, probably that around fourteen. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, thirteen, fourteen, probably. So we went to the beach. We got baptized, and we're leaving the we're leaving the beach. And your dad was playing some music, and um, you threw out a CD from the back, and you're like, "No, no, no, play this." And <laughs> I'm not sure if it was Sublime's two joints or the original or the original two, two joints. joints. And your dad started playing it and he was like, Hey, like, what is this? And you were, <laughs> you were just like singing it like really loud from the back. And I remember thinking like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with this kid? This fascist kid. Not even so much. What the hell? It was just like, I, like I said, I, I'm not sure if it's true for the rest of our cousins. Cause we come from a huge family. Um, but I always had this perception of you, and I guess what you were just saying is that you try to distance yourself from it as 
you were the pastor's kid and I feel that people kind of maybe looked at you or maybe I looked at you as uh, not so much perfect, but mm. um, <clears throat> I guess living that life, yeah, the Christian life. Yeah. And, like, you know. and I think I just was struggling with, I just want to be normal. I just want to be a normal guy, like a regular kid. That's what was so crazy to me too. Like listening back to your episodes and like hearing, um, I guess that you were struggling with all of that and, yeah. and I guess finding yourself. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like we were all going through the same shit, but you know, yours was on another. Yeah. A different, it's just a different dynamic yeah, that played a, a part dynamic. of it. For sure. But it's tough though. I mean like growing up in like, in this family, I guess. Um, you know, your dad being who is, who he is. Um, and not that he, you know, and not that he ever like preached like hatred or, or anything like that. Um, but it was, I guess, a tough experience for me Mm. and even more so like, you know, kind of looking at you and like thinking like, that's what I was supposed to be like. Wow. Um, and like struggling with your sexuality, but still feeling this like, oh, I'm supposed to be like when you got baptized, like if I'm going to be this, like a Christian or whatever, how am I, you know? Yeah. And you knew you were gay back then. Dude, I knew I was gay. Uh, like, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I guess we can dive like right into it. So growing up, um, <clears throat> Our grandma was really, really mean to me. Mm. And, grandma Eva. Yeah. She was really, really mean to me. And she had her favorites, and I think you were amongst the favorites. And, like, you know, one of our other cousins, Mondi, was, like, in that ranking as well. Um, but she used to call me a fag. Wow. And she used to, uh, like, just... Anytime I was around, it was just like, oh, that little faggot's always with the girls, or that fag is with you know, quit acting like a fag and quit being such a sissy. And oh. whenever we were all messing around, cause we practically lived at Nana's house. Um, I was always singled out, always singled out. So, you know, me and Michelle and Chito could be like messing around. Um, and it should point straight to you. I always, yeah. Yeah. So if, you know, we made a mess, I got singled out for that mess and, you know, her and Larry would take me inside and beat my ass and kind of like make an example of me, I guess. Mm. And, so being like six years old and being called a fag, like I never really understood what it was, but I knew that it was something bad. And then, you know, going to the school that we went to, there was like bullies and, you know, I got called a fag a lot. And I don't think I really understood what it was until maybe I was like in like the fifth or sixth grade. And I think that's when I kind of like started to come into my own or like realize that I was gay. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, middle school, we made friends. And then there was like a, a family of like, uh, that were really involved in the church. Um, they had three sons. I don't want to name drop. Um, I'm not sure if you remember them. <laughs> well, if we're not dropping names, we'll, we'll have to figure that out after, or we'll talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was, there was three sons. Um, two of them went to San Fernando Middle School with me. And they were really, I think their dad and their mom were like part of the church. And um, I started hanging around with like the middle son that was my age. I'm just going to say his name was Jesse. 
Okay. Story Loft, you remember that? Oh, one? I was just about to guess that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to write it down. <laughs> like, well, I mean, they're not like really playing like a, a bad example or anything, or they didn't do anything mean. But um, yeah, I was friends with them. Like, and um, so they were like being part of the, they were part of the church. Yeah. And I don't know if I had like a crush on Jesse or if I just thought I was, you know, again, I was bullied um so bad um and my only friend was my cousin michelle so we kind of like stuck together Mm -hmm. and for that you know i got singled out even more um so um jesse kind of like befriended me i'm not sure if it was because like part of the church thing or whatever but um jesse befriended me we got like you know cool we hung out a lot at school um and then i would see him at church and um, I kind of knew I had all these like feelings growing inside of me, uh, yeah. not necessarily towards him, but just like, just everything was changing, just everything was changing. And, um, yeah, what was the point of that? So yeah, seeing you, seeing him, he had older brothers. Everyone yeah. was like part of the church. They were all straight. I knew that I was struggling and there was this one pastor in the church. Um, I think he stepped down, um, like, white dude mike was it mike mike stevens yeah i don't again i don't want to care people shit but i think he had to step down because he was like sleeping with the secretary or something like yeah that. there was here okay so here's here's the crazy thing right this is part of why i was so frustrated with this whole like christian life thing is like we're being taught you can't do this this and this or you know you can't have these thoughts or whatever it may be struggling with you know whatever the case may be of attracted to men or women it was heavy on purity culture and like morality stuff yet everybody was sleeping with each other in the church like you know what i mean come on yeah yeah and and you know not to bash those people now cuz i'm sure they were they're dealing with human. their they're all human they're dealing yeah. with their own stuff but it's like this system of belief creates like a, a false, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I'm trying to. A false dis- narrative? Yeah. Well, sort of. Like, it's like a, 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 a false, um, I don't know, man. It's like this, you, you build this wall of like, this is how I'm, sub- or the standard. Or like an idea. Like, yeah. Right. And and it's just constantly being broken, you know. It's like I, I, on the Angelino episode. I'm like, when you create that, you know, like you can't touch this, you can't have this. It only makes you want to do it more, you know. When you create the prohibition, you want to go after that prohibition in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, that always tripped me out too. Is finding out after the fact, like, man, all these leaders were, you know, doing having their own struggles and um going through all that but i'm glad you are bringing these 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 things up man because i haven't thought about a lot of this stuff in so long yeah and it's amazing how like that's the things that you really remember because that's that's the time that um i don't know like okay so being a part of the church right um getting baptized making friends with with this kid and seeing you and you were like so involved in the church and you were like up there playing drums at some point and you were part of like all of that and um everyone would kind of like break off and like go into like the youth groups 
which I never really was a part of. Like I never really went into that. I was always so insecure. Mm-hmm. I was always so like timid. And anytime like I would try to befriend other boys, like I always got bullied or told I was a fag or even in church. No, 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 not so much not, in, not church, in church. Okay, but I was so scared of of having that experience that I pulled myself back. Right. And which led me to sitting through a lot of these sermons, and it was like either from that pastor, what was his name, Mike, uh-huh. um, Pastor Mike. You know, I don't remember your dad ever really touching so much on the subject, but I remember Mike saying that you know it was a sin for man to live with men, and then there was even this other guy that was part of the church. Um, I'm not sure if he was like part of like the choir or part of like the music or or something like that. But I remember him going up there one day and giving his testimony and saying like, well, I used to be gay and, and, and I prayed the gay away. And I'm not sure if there was like a conversion therapy or something that he went to, but this guy was like, obviously very, still very flamboyant. And maybe it was just a lie he was telling himself. Hmm. Um, Cause I don't think you could actually, yeah, once you're gay, I mean, you're gay, you're fucking gay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't fucking change it. Which took me a long time to to come to terms with, like in my youth. But um, being a part of all of that was was such a mind fuck for me. Mm. Like you know, um, going to the church and like being having this like internal struggle. Like, well, I know I am. I'm here. Um, you know, there were so many times that you know, in church where they would like get quiet and people would pray, and I would ask God, like, take this away. A little closer to the mic. Oh, sorry. Uh, I would get in. uh, Yeah, I I think I'm kind of like rejecting it because I don't want to hear like the sound of my own voice. Just let it flow. Um, (laughs) There you go. Sounds better. Sorry. So I think that. um, Yeah, what did I. I'm sorry to throw you off. No, no, no. No, you you were like hearing these things or like even in like prayer. It's a, it's a struggle, like rejecting some of these things, but like trying to find yourself and yeah. So, I think that that one guy that I was just talking about, like hearing his testimony about him previously being gay, and he, you know, he prayed it away pretty much. Um, I kept thinking that there was something wrong with me, right? So, also with and with all of that other stuff in the back of my mind, like you know, being called a fag, mm. you know, at such a young early age and like being bullied for it and just having all those like really fucked up experiences on top of like some other crazy stuff. Um, like trauma. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Trauma for sure. Um, you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but no, I mean, I, w- I will just say that, and I don't know, it's such a fucked up thing because I've heard, I've also heard this, and sorry, can I cuss on this thing? Yeah, go ahead. Um, no worries. Because um, I've I've also heard like, like hardcore Christians before, like, you know, like seeing all these other, not not so much podcasts, but um, like this one woman, I remember her saying that all men who are gay were either, are gay because they were sexually abused at a young age, which isn't fucking true. Um, but I remember linking that to my own experiences or, uh, the way that I felt or, um, yeah, who I was. Yeah. Um, so hearing that guy's, I remember hearing that too. Like 
if you're gay is because you were molested Touch. as a touched or whatever as a as a boy. I, I remember always hearing that. I don't you just one of those narratives that's people framed. Yeah. 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 And that's not the case. No, not the case at all. Um but hearing um hearing that guy's testimony in church and then thinking to myself, okay, cool, like if that was his experience, maybe I can stay on top of that. Mm. And maybe if I surround myself with like this kid who goes to church and like mm. make friends with him. Like kind of build a network of like support for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll go away. Um, and um, yeah, there was this one time that your dad had a guest like pastor at the church and he was like some really big guy. And, you know, it was like a really big deal for him to be there. And I'm not even sure what it's called, but he would go like lay hands on people and people would like Fall faint over. and yeah. <laughs> and I always thought like, you know, not to like bash anybody who's that's their belief. And, you know, I don't want to do any of that, but it always seems so ridiculous to me. Yeah. It's just like, oh. it's ridiculous to me now. Yeah. yeah. Like this guy's going and blowing like on your forehead and you're going to fall to the floor. <laughs> like, it never made any sense. Like I just thought Flop like, like a fish on the floor and all this weird stuff. Yeah. Like it, it was just so bizarre and, um yeah i remember my mom dragged me up there and um this guy laid hands on me and he kept kind of like trying to knock me over and nothing would happen and he was just like pushing and pushing and pushing Get down. Yeah, and i'm just like staring at him like like bro when is this supposed to work you know <laughs> you gotta test out your little soundboard um so yeah, again, kind of like further like pushing that narrative I had created for myself that there was something wrong with me. Mm. Um, like I'm not something is just wrong. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like the other guys. The other and then growing up in in our family, you just felt even more so because you know we're that Latino male heavy that Chicano Chicano like, sports macho. beer, you know that kind of thing back to like grandma grandma eva like i used i didn't definitely i didn't feel at all like a favorite you know i kind of i i understood like she was real cold Mm -hmm. in a sense or Mm -hmm. just tough Mm -hmm. maybe that's just how life had made her up until that point yeah i mean she used to call black people then word with a hard r dude so so it's like what? like what what yeah she was just <laughs> or even even rest e- her soul but she was just mean yeah there was a going back to that um there was this one time michelle and and chito and i were we were watching some bs on tv and there happened to be a, a black kid on the show and she walked through the living room and said who left the n-words on the tv like turn this shit off yeah and we were like you know, like, yeah. quick, like, grab the remote. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, it's taken me a lot to, I don't know, I, I guess conversations like with my own spirituality and like conversations with the, with the therapist to kind of get to a, poise, a point, and I'm still working on it to, I don't know if I have to forgive her mm. for her. I don't know if I have to forgive her for myself. Mm. Um but you know, I'm, I just turned 38, and it's still something that like scars. You know, yeah. I'm scarred deep. It's um, part of your story. Yeah, but 
again like going back to her like i i don't want to i think she just grew up in a different time um and i guess maybe kind of instilled some of that narrative into her kids Mm -hmm. so like you were saying like growing up in this like tough chicano family and yeah it was always just something that you you know what struck me too is like i didn't I, I like me looking from my point of view into the fan because we moved to San Francisco, from San Francisco to down here and we moved in with it with with her in the beginning and um yeah I don't remember that like I heard you say that like on yeah, a couple podcasts we, ago. we we lived with her for like a few months so we lived in the house with her but I always sort of felt like the odd one out too with the family um I just the way I felt like I really wasn't close to anybody, any particular person. Mm-hmm. Even now, you know, I, I really don't, it's not that I don't love my family, you know, my dad's side of the family. It's just not the case. I just, I guess it goes back to even being a kid kind of feeling like that odd person out. I I kind of felt like, oh, just that corny little Christian kid, you know, that um, whatever. But I just, I don't know. And then we didn't really show a lot of, or at least... <laughs> That side of the family, we didn't really show a lot of emotion. Um, on your dad's side, my mom's side, yeah, they don't show emotion for anything, right? The only or, or affection, anger, yeah, <laughs> or 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 like affection. Affection is a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah, and I remember my dad saying that, like, even when he would tell his mom, like, "Mom, you know," towards the end is when she finally started to say, "I love you." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I kind of always felt that too, like, sort of like that redheaded stepchild in a way. It just the way i felt um and i guess it just even now like i wish you know i know uncle joe always has like the holidays and stuff and yeah. we usually try to stop in and like we just haven't the last few years and it's just usually it's something else going on or excuse me you but, also got your wife's family yeah the wife's side of the family and just different things but um you know, I'm just throwing that out there too. Like that was part of my dynamic too, growing up. Like I just sort of did never really felt like I fit in a hundred percent into the, into that family dynamic. That's so crazy. I hope that like us as kids never like did anything to make you feel. No, I don't think it was anything. Or anything like no, that. I think it just, I don't know. It just was a different thing. I, 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 I'm figuring out like now that we're talking, I'm like, man, it's bringing up like some stuff. Like I didn't even no, really I'm glad. think um, of. But, you know, we, we got along. And I think even, you know, you know what I kind of felt like, too, for a while? Because we went to the same school and we were talking a little bit earlier about Osseo. I kind of felt like I was, well, I know I was. I was, like, really arrogant, too, as I got, like, in my junior high years and even elementary school years. Like, you were telling me. Yeah, like, I was telling you, like, I, th- I think at, at, at some point. Because um, I was younger and you guys were older, yeah, but we went to Osseo. Yeah, me and Michelle were a year older. Um, yeah, and I, I think that that's kind of like going back into playing and into you kind of like and all these other kids kind of like playing a role into like an idea um, of what I was supposed to be. Um, you know, we were talking about that. It's like oh, you yeah. had all these girls like in love with you. Yeah. Like girls in my grade were like, oh, Josh is your cousin. Yeah. You know, all these girls wanted you. You had, I think you went out with or made out with a few girls <laughs> in my grade. In um, sixth grade. Because, yeah. yeah, that was, uh, it went to sixth grade. Yeah. We, yeah. We were in sixth grade. I think I was. 
I was in fifth. Uh, did you have Mr. Thomas, right? I had Mr. Thomas, yeah. yeah. Did yeah, you like Mr. Thomas? Love Mr. Thomas. It, it's best. crazy. I heard you talk about it with your daughter, and then I heard you talk about it with... Um, Josh or Amber. Yeah, with Amber. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, I was talking to my boyfriend about it, that uh, he was, like, that influential teacher. Absolutely. And you were talking about how he actually cared. And I was listening to the podcast and just kind of, like, thinking back about him. Um, and, you know... Sometimes there was kids who I guess didn't have like enough lunch money or they were he, poor. Yeah. And he'd buy him lunch. He would buy him lunch. He would All put the money time. out of his pocket. And he always kept snacks in his pantry. He would always go buy them a milk. Yeah. Or those rice cakes. Remember the <laughs> rice cakes? <laughs> he got them in his little cabinet. He always had those damn rice cakes. You know what? Because I, I told the story before, but even when I was like scared of like the rapture happening or something, and I'd go call my, I'd have like, I'd, I'd physically feel ill. And, he would actually send me to go eat um, in the cafeteria, like in the middle of the morning, 10 o'clock or whatever, after recess. And he'd, he'd send me to the cafeteria to go get something to eat to feel better. Yeah. And he'd give me whatever it was, 35 cents or whatever, you know? <laughs> 35 cents for a milk. <laughs> give you a rice cake. Yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy. Listening back to that podcast where you're talking about that, like such a crazy fucking experience for a kid to like to like live through. Like that was your fear. Uh, yeah, like, damn. Yeah. I'm gonna go call my dad. Yeah, um, and it, it goes back to from the '80s because my dad used to play these movies of of like the rapture happening, and it just shows like chaos happening in the in the film, and people getting snatched up and heads getting chopped off. It was a, like a Christian movie, but I remember seeing it as like a six year old kid, and trauma like yeah why would you show that to a six-year-old kid (laughs) because in their mind they think yeah in their mind they're thinking oh okay he's gonna learn the truth at a young age or whatever i've since you know got into theologians and scholars who break down the text and it doesn't you know it doesn't even mean that it's just the whole bible was poorly misinterpreted um you know in in those times you know and and even now it's like the way i approach scripture now is like this is a text that was written in a specific point in time in history dealing about specific things that are happening at at that time. time. It's not like a a crystal ball looking into the future. All this stuff's going to happen. I know a lot of people are going to, I already distanced myself from a lot of people, but the more they listen to this, because (laughs) of what you're, what you're talking about on here or just in, in yeah, what I'm, I'm talking on here, but even before this, I already had people already knew like, man, this dude's, I've been called a heretic, you know, like heretics, like you're just gone, you know, totally twisting scripture and all that stuff. And I get it because of who your dad is because of, yeah, because of my background growing up in church and, and those circles and those, those people. So I get it. You know, what a crazy amount of pressure for you to like be under and like have to feel like, uh, I don't know, I guess like, like we were talking about earlier, I think we both had these things where we felt like we had to fit these like, yeah. Well, a lot of this too, and I, I said it on, I think the episode with Josh, like a lot of this is going to be people finding out what I really believe and coming out and when they really hear <laughs> how I really, coming out story. <laughs> <laughs> how I really talk. Um, so let's get back to your story. So yeah. you, you're still just battling, man, just going through all kinds of inner conflict and just finding yourself and trying to live up to this idea of Christianity or what you're supposed to be. It wasn't even so much finding myself. Like I knew that I had, 
I knew that I was attracted to boys, right? Um, but it was so much like self hatred. Mm. Like I was just, I hated myself. Like I, you know, I, I think I put on a lot of weight. I think I just, you know, now sitting down with like a therapist and like looking back at like weight gain and like, yeah. uh, like having just like body dysmorphia and like all these things, um, mm. kind of like links up to like sexual abuse too. Um, but also just a lot of like self hatred. I, I think yeah. like purposely or like not purposely, but, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyways, um, uh, just put on like weight. Uh, yeah. Felt very unattractive, right? Identity, so, like identity, like trying to put on maybe a different identity or something. I'm not sure. I'm just. No, 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 no. I hear what you're saying. No, it was more. I just hated myself, right? Like I yeah. had very low self-esteem. Um, I hated myself for my sexuality. I hated the way that I looked. I hated the fact that I didn't have friends. Um, you know, I was constantly getting bullied. Um, you know, being part of like going to church at that time. Um you know, getting mad at myself or getting mad at God for not changing me or thinking that there was something wrong. Um, and then we touched a little bit on, on this in the beginning. And I think you've even mentioned it in a podcast before, but I just started seeing a bunch of hypocrisy mm -hmm. and none of it made any sense to me. It was just like, well, wait a minute, you're preaching this one thing, but you're kind of like doing all of that behind the backs of people. Mm -hmm. um, you're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to be doing all these things, but you're doing what you're telling us not to do. Yeah. Um, and I just, I didn't want to go anymore. I just didn't want to be a part of that. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I think that like, you know, that was like maybe high school age. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that started to be in like high school. And then, um, like 17, like I made another best friend and this was like another guy, maybe like 16, uh, another guy who, who I thought was cool, who was cool in the school, you know, girls wanted him. And I thought maybe if I associated with myself with him, that I would kind of like get that kind of like, yeah. you know, that same hype. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to try to model myself after this guy. Right. Um, he dresses cool. People seem to like him. The girls seem to like him. And maybe if I hang out with him enough, like it'll kind of rub off on me. Well, what ended up happening is I ended up, I guess, falling in love with him, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize it at yeah. the time that I was. Um, and um, it's been so long. I don't even remember how this, like how this all went down. Um, but I don't know if I hinted at it or kind of maybe he caught on to it, but totally rejected me. rejected oh dude this just brought in a song to my mind it's called animal style by merce it's hip-hop underground hip-hop wow. dude one of my favorite mcs i was like i know another artist named merce but okay. it's not underground hip-hop okay no, no no but and it's this story it's this guy and he falls in love with his friend and they have a relationship but the other guy has his image to maintain and I guess they were away for a while and in a moment of like, Oh, excitement. He kisses him in front of his other friends and he just like pushes them. And, and it's crazy. It's a crazy story. Like somebody dies at the end of the song. It's a song. And I just thought about that. We'll hear it. We'll yeah, listen to yeah, it yeah, after. I'm, yeah. I'm going to want to hear it. Um, Maybe I'll add it in the end of the, of the show. Yeah. Put it on that little soundboard. There. <laughs> um, yeah. So that 
And that was high school. That was high school. That was like And that's San Fernando time. High School, so that's that a tough high school to dude, yeah. You know the kind of people that go there. Yeah. Um so let me move that. Um so I don't even remember the conversation that I had with him. Um but I guess kind of alluded to the fact or he kind of caught on and completely rejected, um, kind of outcast me from like the rest of like our little social group at school. Yeah. So I was just like, it's gotta be devastating. Yeah. It was like a pariah at school. They're just like, Oh, like, well now he really is a fact. Like the rumors are true. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember going home. Um, I was doing a lot of like self harm at the time that people didn't even know. Like I was, you know, cutting, cutting, Um, I would hide it under like shirts. Um, and, um, yeah, I just hated everything about myself. I hated Mm. just everything. And after that rejection from that one person, um, I had went home after school and at this time I was like working at a grocery store and it was raining one day and I was like running to go get this lady, a can of like corn or something that was on sale and I slipped and I twisted my ankle. Mm. So um, the doctor had prescribed me a bunch of like painkillers. Oh, wow. So um, that day after school, I went home and I swallowed that entire bottle. Wow. I took everything that I could find in the medicine cabinet, like Dayquil, NyQuil, like aspirin, just like every e- pill, everything. every pill I could find in that medicine cabinet. I just downed. And I remember writing a letter and I don't even remember what I put in that letter, but it was pretty much just like peace out i'm out of here like Mm. i hate everything i hate everyone um and um our cousin melissa came over at that time and noticed something was off asked like what happened and i guessed in like this like foggy headspace i was just like well i swallowed everything in the medicine cabinet um and the next thing i remember i woke up at holy cross hospital Um, with like a nurse standing over me and I had like all this charcoal all over myself and all over my face I guess they had pumped my stomach and um yeah she said you know when I when I came to she said um you know your mom's out there in the waiting room and we discussed it and what we think right now is the best thing for you is for you to go to like a psych ward we put you on a hold we're gonna lock you up yeah it was supposed to be 72, but I was very uh, combative in the yeah. group home and ended up prolonging my stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what, how old were you when that happened? 17. 17. Yeah. It was like right at the beginning of senior year too. Wow. Yeah. That's tough, man. So what happened after that? So, yeah, I stayed there. Um, how long were you there? I want to say like a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Might have been longer. What's it like in there? What is it? Um, honestly, it was like looking back at it. It was it, I kind of laugh at that experience. Like, it was just crazy. Um, you know, there was kids kind of like. Uh, I remember this one girl. Um, I think it might have been like my first day there or my second day there. Um, the doors went op- opened up to this like this uh, wing that we were in we had like this whole second floor and there was like this communal area and then surrounding it were like all these rooms and i was coming out of like my room and this girl gets wheeled in on a gurney and she kind of reminded me of reagan from the exorcist 
Yeah. And she kind of just unbuckled herself and she's like, hey guys, I'm back. And <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> unbuckled herself from this whole thing. And um, she just like hopped on out and like went to go like strike up a conversation with everybody. She asked me what my deal was and why I was there. Um, and later on that night, I remember hearing her go ape shit in her room. Her mm. room was like next door to mine. And I came out of my room to see what was happening and everybody out that uh Everybody, everybody else at that point had come out of their rooms too. And um, every piece of furniture that she could carry was coming out. And it was flying into the room. And I remember her screaming, like, don't give me the butt juice. Don't give me the oh, butt juice. What the <laughs> and they came running in with the syringe. With the butt juice. And they gave her the butt juice. <laughs> and, Jeez. you know, I tested my limits there for sure. I was very combative with the nurses and with the therapist. And one of the therapists that I had there was a complete dick. Mm. Um, and yeah, I said something along the lines of like, well, if you were going to do it, you should have tried it another way kind of a deal. And Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a complete asshole. So and I what a dick. Um, so I fought him a lot, which again, made me stay there longer. But um yeah, I remember thinking, like, I don't want the butt juice. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next day, that girl was, like, completely out of it. She just, was just a zombie. Just a zombie, yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I wonder what it what was. The butt juice was. Yeah. Valium. Jeez. Some sort of a sedative, but. Where was this at? Um, Northridge. Northridge Hospital? Yeah. I have a friend that works at Northridge Hospital now. At, at that psych ward? I think so. Her name's Shelly. Hey, Shelly. <laughs> What's up, Shelly? <laughs> Be well, nice. Because Priscilla had a real tough time this year, and I was going to take her there. But I was only going to go there because she was there. Like, she was trying to, like, help us navigate through all that. Yeah. But, I don't know. It, it seemed like, um, it didn't seem as scary as that. It seemed like I was going to get help there. But Look, you know, those places are there, you know, to help people. Yeah. I was, I was a kid, and they were kids, and, you know. It's like... Why would that guy say that? Like, you, I'm learning. Oh, that's what you're going back to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm learning now. People, and even hearing your story, people and even children are so fragile. Just period. Children, especially. Especially yeah. children. But even as adults. But it's like, man, like, somebody who's supposed to be helping you would say something like that. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to take my life again, you know, like, geez, you know, like there's no hope. Yeah. And that was my reaction too. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was combative with him. And, um, there was definitely times when I was in there that I thought like, yeah, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but to anybody, um, but like, I thought about taking my own life in that room. I thought maybe if I, uh, like shredded my sheets enough. I could hang myself from the shower. I even mm. went into the bathroom to look about like where I could actually hang myself. Cause you're a big guy. <laughs> I'm a big guy. Yeah. Dude, I would have taken down the, <laughs> that whole second. Week. No, but but no, that's like even measuring, like, right. Yeah, you yeah. have, if yeah. you're going to hang yourself, you need to have yeah, some something play to be able to at the bottom. My legs from, yeah. Right. Um, wow. Just, but I yeah, mean, there was nothing in there that, yeah, that would have supported me or that. Yeah. Wow. So when did things start to change for you, like for the better? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know it's it's a process, right? Like we're all in process, but like when did you accept, like okay, I'm gonna be okay with who I am? Um, 
Or even are, are you there? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, no, I'm assuming you are, but yeah, 100% there. Um, yeah, I'm just like trying to look back and think about like being at peace with I'm good. This is who I am. I don't know. It took a while because there's a lot of things that probably still in your story that led up to that, right? What like, like self acceptance? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I will say therapy helped. When How I was long young. have you been in therapy? Um, I've had therapists back on and off. You know, I had them in my youth. Um, I had another episode when I was like twenty three, twenty four. Um, and just yeah, kind of going back to forth to different therapists and like finding the right one, finding one that I groove with. Mm. Um, I see one now. He's amazing. Shout out to Ian. Um, yeah, but he's great. Um, uh, so yeah, to answer your question, I, I, it's been on and off for years, but yeah. with this current therapist, it's going to be a year. Um, but going back to, I think a, a lot of the, I listen, like we were talking earlier, I listen to podcasts pretty much every day Same. and I listen to a lot of comedians because I just, they're, I love comedians. They tell the truth, right? Like they hold up a mirror to society and, and this is what it is. But I listen to a lot of that, a lot of spiritual stuff, a lot of, but everybody that I listen to, ha, they all talk about therapy as being instrumental in their lives. You yeah. know, everybody, like everybody. I don't know. I, I definitely think like the stigma has gone. Like there Absolutely. was one point, right? Where Absolutely. it's just like, oh shit, you see a therapist, like you're, you're crazy. You're, you're crazy. You're weak. You're something. You. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think it takes incredible strength to Absolutely. actually say like, no, I I need help, and Absolutely. it just it just helps to have somebody who's um, objective, who can kind of be a soundboard, um, and like uh, like repeat your shit back to you or call you out on your bullshit or mm-hmm. like wait a minute, this is what you said, is this what you mean? Yeah, um, and kind of like analyze yourself, um, and just like help you cope with the the bad stuff. Um, for a long time, I thought like going to a therapist was going to erase, you know, those things, Mm-mm. but it's right. more about, all right, this did happen. Yeah. Um, let's give you the tools to, to work through it, uh, right. like navigate your way through it. And, and it, you know, it, it gives you strength in the end. But, yeah. hundred um, percent. No. Is, is, is like identifying that as part of a lot of the things that shape who you are you know and it's not like you said you, you can't erase it you can't run from it but no. it's you look at it you deal with it straight on i'm not in therapy like i know i need one i, I want to talk to one i think sure? i mentioned that when i went in with priscilla on one of hers i just immediately opened up and just i'm like she's like okay well space. let's let's get back to uh <laughs> <laughs> why we're originally yeah You're but like, uh, so this one time when i was 10 <laughs> And I remember uh, having to see a therapist when we first moved down here because I thought because well, a lot of that stuff that you were experiencing, yeah. And then I thought we were gonna die, like just coming to Los Angeles, like yeah, my parents dude. were gonna get shot. They scarred you, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. That's terrifying for a little kid. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine showing any of that to your little girl inside? Like, hey, sit down and watch this like scary rapture movie. Yeah. Well, you know what? <clears throat> I'm kind of guilty of like. Because I feel like I don't, I don't want to. I, I try to be open. Like I don't have really a filter anymore. As my even like with movies, I think we we're watching um, 
some crazy movie the other day and Nevaeh was watching it. <laughs> what did she show you when you first walked in? A headless Barbie. <laughs> a decapitated Barbie. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I let her watch Rambo, like the new Rambo that just came out. And it's gory, bro. Like heads, seen it. heads and everything. But, you know, the difference with that is like, hey, this is just a movie. It's not real. It's all fake. This is like, kind of cool huh and angelina's into like prop makeup and all that stuff so oh, that's so cool yeah yeah so i that's part of why i always tell her i'm like man you know if you want to go that route you should like i listen to a lot of gary v too and he always says go work for free and when i used to work at fedex i used to deliver to um this prop uh studio where all they do is make lifelike heads and bodies and for them to be destroyed i'm like i know them let's just go and you can go sign up next summer and intern you know mm-hmm. and just work for free shadow somebody yeah. shadow someone just get experience get a feel for it yeah see if that's where she wants to go yeah um yeah touching on that i have a really good friend of mine um uh, he's been really busy so it's not like we've talked a lot but his name's gage he uh he was on that show face off mm-hmm. uh like that special effects man yeah angelina uh, watches that um and um does a lot of stuff for like special effects for those movies so if she ever wants somebody to connect to cool could throw that out yeah but yeah, but even with them, like I remember, I have this video of Noah too. We're watching uh, that Brad Pitt movie with the zombies, and uh, I have a video of him. He's like shambish, shambish. <laughs> just and he was like two years old. But you know, it just makes it's not real. It's just a movie. So I wish somebody would have told me this is not real. But I was gonna say <laughs> this is somebody's also... bad interpretation of a, of a text, and they made a movie about it. <laughs> yeah, but. It, it, it... I guess it's creating that dialogue, right? Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the most, uh, and it's so stupid and it's not so stupid, but it's so simple. But one of the words that my therapist used with me a while back was like, you were conditioned. Mm. Um, and that word, I don't know why it stuck so with, with, with me so much and um, kind of made things like a little bit easier, I guess, kind of like looking in the past or looking back at some of that stuff is just like, oh yeah. And I think that it, kind of goes with you what you were saying it's like you were conditioned to be right. so you felt you had to be right yeah yeah and i think i just had too much of my dad's old ways of, of that rebel too in me to where i just naturally kind of went against it because in my teenage years i was just rebelling you know then even when i was 19 i was like done with it and then that's when i had like that experience and um i went to arizona so, yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah. You guys came. I remember the whole family came yeah. to the church. Yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah. They sent you off. Yeah. Well, I, I went. They didn't really send me. I, I I wanted to go. I kind of felt like at that point in my life, I was like, you know what? I used to listen to a lot of reggae music. I love reggae music. That's like my favorite. Going back to the two joints in two the joints, car. Smoke two joints in the morning. <laughs> smoke two joints at night. I smoke two joints in the afternoon. It makes me feel all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, all I wanted to do was like move to Jamaica, smoke weed, and just hang out with the with the Rastas and you know read the Bible. <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> that still sounds kind of nice. I was say, it still sounds nice. There's still time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pack up Re- the kids and go. retire over there or something. But um, so how did you meet Clayton? Is this, um, so this is years later. This is yeah. your your boyfriend now. Yeah, um, at work actually. Because you are an amazing hairstylist. Thank you. Um, right. How long have you been doing hair? 
God, I don't know, like at least 11, maybe 12 years now. How'd you get into that? So kind of going back to like this whole story, you know, we were talking a little bit on the way um, when we went down to the store earlier. Um, I, I started off, I went to school to study social work, like sociology, mm-hmm. right? I went into that field and um, I saw, you know, how the foster care system works. I saw, I worked with, um, at drop-in centers for like homeless youth, mm-hmm. um, worked with like the, the like young LGBT community. And I kind of went in wearing a cape thinking I was going to save everybody yeah. and I was going to help everybody. And I didn't want anybody to experience what I experienced. And, yeah. um, again, which is like why I came on, I wanted to come on this podcast thinking like, if I can just go tell somebody like, Hey, shit fucking sucks sometimes but Mm -hmm. don't worry it's gonna get better like power Mm -hmm. through it um surround yourself with people surround yourself with love and every you know um support yeah support so i kind of went in with that mentality and i ended up getting like so disheartened by the whole experience and there were days where i'd be crying in my car about a case or Mm -hmm. crying leaving work crying on my way to work and i just thought like this is not the way i want to live my life like this is not what i want to do because you 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 you, it's easier for you, it's easy for you to feel their pain. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, you you're able to wear it, and it's like it's too heavy. I carried it all with yeah. me. Yeah, um, but like your daughter, like at a young age, like I was always fascinated with hair. I grew up with nothing but girls. I always mm-hmm. wanted to be brushing their hair. I always wanted to be styling. I would torture the babysitters. Um, so had it always been there, but kind of growing up with that, um you're a fag yeah you know don't be a sissy um hair is going to be something that girls only do hair and makeup so i had that in my head um so i had always pushed it aside thinking like i'm never going to do that um and then one day i just said like fuck it like i'm not going to be miserable anymore enrolled in beauty school got licensed um and yeah i've been having a good time ever since yeah and that's where you met clayton because clayton does makeup clayton does hair hair yeah he's he's starting he's he's not in um he's not in a salon he's um he signed to an agency so he has like a big like list of like celebrity clientele that he takes care of but he's pretty much just like a stylist like Mm. you know not really a big like cutter like big on color and all that like master at like hair extensions and wigs though yeah um so at when he had finished beauty school, he started working for this dude um, named Sasha who owned like a hair extension company. He was, he went in to like supposedly be this dude's assistant, but ended up like running the store for him. And I was at work at this, at the sister store, which is, was, uh, which was the salon. And the girls came over, um, came back from like shopping on the other side. And they're like, Oh, there's this cute guy that works next door. You have to go see him. You have to go talk to him. <laughs> And I just thought like, no, nah, like I'm not going to shit where I eat, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to mess around. And, um, and I was smoking a cigarette in the parking lot one day and he happened to walk by and I just thought like, oh shit, that guy's hot. Like I'm going to go. St- I'm Did gonna you know go- that was him? No, I oh. didn't. I'm going to go stalk him and see who he is. And it turned out that he was the guy everyone was talking about that he worked there. Yeah. So I flirted very aggressively to make him uncomfortable and <laughs> At that point, like I was very attracted to him, but I didn't, again, I didn't want a relationship. I had just come out of a bad one, you know, years before and didn't want to go that route again. And 
Um, yeah, like there was an attraction there, but I, again, I didn't want to start a relationship, but I just, I'd like to make him uncomfortable. So I would flirt and mm-hmm. say really inappropriate things and make <laughs> him blush. And we ended up getting along really, really well. And he made me laugh. And, um, we started talking and we kept our relationship kind of like secret from everybody. Um, and from like coworkers and from things. Coworkers, yeah. yeah there it was just like, you know, Burbank's such a small place and everybody knows everybody yeah. and everybody was spreading each other's business. And I just, I didn't want any of that. Um, and I had no idea what was going to happen. So rather than throw all this stuff out there, I just thought I'd keep it chill. And yeah, maybe like, a month or three months sometime into it he was outside working and his boss had him doing like all these chores around the shop and he was like up on the roof with like a leaf blower yeah he's such like a optimistic just like very charismatic person like very easygoing like nothing bothers him and i was standing from a distance and he didn't know i was watching him and he was struggling with like the leaves like he would blow them in one direction and then sweep them and then the wind would come through and like (laughs) mess everything up but rather than get frustrated like I would have and like end up kicking the pile, he just kind of like laughed and like went about it and kept doing it again. And the wind would come through and I'm standing there watching him from a distance and he didn't know, he didn't realize that I was. And he turned around and shot me this like huge smile and like my heart just like crushed. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I fell in love with him. <laughs> like right there. This wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, he's such a good guy and he's a lot of things that I'm not. Mm. Um, and I think that that's why I fell in love with them. Like he's a lot of things that I want to be. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, I tell him all the time, like he has so many qualities that I wish that I had. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's one of those people that could walk into a room and just like strike up a conversation with anybody and like make everybody fall in love with them by the end. Yeah. Um, and me, I prefer to be a wallflower. Yeah. So, yeah. which is why he excels in the, in the business in that, that he's business. in. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but he's a good guy. Yeah. I, I, just like you said, like, even when I first met him, he, he's super cool. Yeah. He's chill. Super chill. Dude, we're okay. already at 55 minutes. No fucking way. <laughs> it goes by fast, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so would you say you're still searching i mean that's that's where i'm at you know that's what all this is about for me is like man i'm still 100 percent still like i don't think if you say like i don't think if you're not then what's the word i'm like what am what am i trying to say like you should always be searching like constantly be searching like trying to better yourself and yeah yeah are you open to coming back to church Did you did you hear that I go to affirming church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Clay's mom is a as as a part of one. Um, you know, it's the a church in North Hollywood is very popular. Oh really? Um, yeah. Um but you know, it's not that you have to or anything, it just you know No, I, I think no, I know that I don't have to. Uh but I think that it's just one of those things that I've kind of looked at it from one point of view for so long and yeah. seeing like that there was a lot of hypocrisy. I've been part, I've gone to like Clay's mom's church a few times and it seems like very welcoming and it opened. There's a lot of like, uh, like there's a huge LGBT like community in that church. Like one of the pastors even marries like 
you know, these couples, which is like a weird. Still know. feels weird. Yeah. Like growing up in like the church that we <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. Because like, you were conditioned. Yeah. yeah. And like, I just had this conversation with our cousin, Melissa, um, you know, everyone's always asking like when Clay and I are going to get married and when that's going to happen. And your dad has married a lot of the couples in our family. And jokingly, I just said like, I wonder if Uncle Rudy would marry us. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't. And mm. your dad, has, again, has never, yeah. like, your dad has always loved me. He's never said anything negative to me. He's never made me feel anything less than. Yeah. Um, but I know that he stands very firm in his beliefs, and it's just something that I would never want to make him uncomfortable or yeah. have to make, just have that awkward conversation. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. for him to say, like, uh, well, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but... Well, if he won't, I will. <laughs> if, if you want the uh, the uh, what's the word like the cheaper version, the, uh, hey, I'll the, take uh, it. Um, no, you're not a cheaper version at no. all. That's like so. Going back to it, like I thought that it was really cool that you're doing this, especially with like, and I know you're trying not to associate yourself so much with that, but I think having this like huge platform and having the name and having people know who you are. Um, and like getting all these stories out there and I don't know, I just, I, you know, I think it's really cool. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Like I, I feel we can do it again, you know, maybe even have Clayton in there or whatever we can. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely keep continuing this conversation. Yeah. There, um, yeah. We touched on some heavy stuff, man, like some family stuff, you know, um, a little bit of trauma well a lot of trauma a lot of trauma and um you know just this ongoing process that we're that we're on you know and and like i said i think people just need to and even amber said it too is just be nice to people be nice be nice just love yeah like just like i feel like a huge part of like the whole christian thing right it's just like it's what's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be like just love love. yeah um which is like sorry and i know you're probably trying to wrap up but um going back to all of that really quick there was a you asked like when it got better i think it's like Mm. when i came out and there was such a fear for me that i was going to be rejected by family especially coming from the family that we have my dad's like very hardcore catholic um but when i came out everyone kind of like had these like big open arms Mm. um and never got rejected. There was like a couple little mumblings here and there, but what I told my parents is that as long as I have you guys by my side and your mm-hmm. support and your love, like none of the rest, like the rest of that bullshit doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I think that that's when it got better. And when everybody started to just love and accept you, when everybody just started to love and accept. Wow. And when I realized that there was no changing who I was, you know, yeah. it's just, you're comfortable with being who you are. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah i guess kind of like going back to which is why i wanted to come out here and talk to you about it it's just like i'm not sure who's listening but if there was a person out there i guess kind of like struggling with their identity or um second guessing it or maybe wanting to harm themselves just like don't like find somebody Mm. you can trust and you know open up and shit does get better i know it's so cliche because you see it on posters and like all these things but it does it really does it really does well, 
thank you so much again, man. And if anybody, you know, we're here, I'm here. I know you're here now. You know, if anybody wants to reach out, mm-hmm. we're here to support you and love you no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you. How was the beer? <laughs> this is really good, actually. Well, thank Josh. This is what he left. Oh, these are the was... ones you guys are drinking? No, we were drinking some other ones, but he got another pack of these and we didn't drink them yet. So I brought them out with you. I'm into it. It's good. It's like this um, Mexican craft beer, I guess. Corona in a can, kind of. Almost, but it don't taste like Corona at all. No, it doesn't have that like farty taste. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We'll catch Thanks, you on Shane. the next one. All right. The is dead. Odyssey is over. Found God within me. Started searching for Jehovah. What you searching for? Where you focus at? If it's happiness, no one can give you that. It flows from within. It knows all your sins. You can never win. Being envious of other men. Covetousness is such a sin. Wanting what other people have has become a trend. But don't bow down to the dollar bill, y'all. Commercial consumerism is trying to kill y'all. I'm trying to heal y'all.